Good evening and happy Thanksgiving, friends. Welcome back to Live Reality Games. This is your network of creators making your favorite shows into our reality. I'm your host, Kirk, today, and we are here to talk about everything that just went down in Survivor Season 41, Episode 10, called Baby with a Machine Gun. Like always, this is going to be full of spoilers, so if you haven't watched it, go check out the episode first. But before you leave, hit that subscribe button and notification bell so you can hear about everything dropping in the LRG community. And before we start, in the spirit of the holiday known as Thanksgiving, we just want to extend our thanks to everyone watching tonight and who's watched our podcast for the past year. Thanks for spreading the word about these events, and thanks to those of you that have supported us with your donations in the past. We truly appreciate it. Today's takeover is the one and only Survivor New York. You know our podcaster Naomi from not only Live to Give, not only Outwit, Outplay, Outlaugh, and of course, Survivor New York, but of course, the podcast Mike White was robbed which sometimes I have, I kind of still disagree with that, Naomi. I have some, <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, Mike White was the reason we didn't get fire tokens this season. Did you hear about that? Yeah, Mike White is the angel on Jeff Probst's shoulder and the devil is Tyler Perry. Um, no, I, <laughs> I love Mike White so much. Um, and now that David versus Goliath is back on the air, I'm probably gonna spoil the season for a couple other people, but I don't really mind because I don't want anybody in my life who doesn't think that Mike White was robbed. I'm sorry. No, um, I also wanted to just give a shout out to the Survivor Maryland and Survivor Michigan podcast that I do on this network as well, because that is some of the best Survivor I've watched all year. Um, anyway, this season happened, but we'll talk about this episode tonight, won't we? <laughs> I can't wait. Naomi, and why don't you introduce our special guest, Julia, from Survivor New York as well? So Julia, uh, joining us for the takeover, was on the recently shot but not yet aired Survivor New York 5 Bannerman Island, which is a season that we shot in a literal hurricane. Um, and it was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life, I would say. Um, but Julia is someone who I've played in orgs with uh, and is an amazing, fun player and personality. And this is her first Survivor podcast. Can you believe it? Because I can. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much. I am so ecstatic to be here. Um, oh, I can hear my voice, but fun fact, not I don't know how fun it is, but I actually only started watching Survivor two years ago. Island Idols was my first season ever. Then I tried to cram 20 seasons for Winners at War, and then just this year I played two LRGs. So even though I've only seen half of the Survivor seasons, like I think I'm technically a super fan because I've just gotten like knee deep into like Survivor Twitter, Discord, all of those things and this wonderful community. So I'm so happy to be here. And thank you so much, Kirk, for all the work you put into, oh, thank you, work into uh, this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And you are officially a super duper fan. If you played an LRG, if you've played a live Survivor, you've gone from super fan to super duper. So you're the top of the top. Creme de la creme, Julia, hey. welcome. Thank you. Um, I see a question about who my favorite winner is on Winners at War. Okay, that's What's so random, Dustin. But we'll, let's get, let's let's do it. <laughs> so like, go. Who, who, who are you into? Yeah, my Reddit flare was actually Nick because David versus Goliath was like my favorite season of the season I binged. But now I'm like, 
and Nick, like he's running for office, like, I guess going the Liza Orleans route, but uh, I don't know if how, how favorable it is, but um, I mean, I have to say Yule, you know, like, I mean, and also similar, you're going to see this theme. Like, I think Erica is going to win. I think there's a lot of clues being dropped in this episode. Um, so yeah. I love that. I just have to say that speaking of winners at war, I don't know if anybody else got this commercial. I got a commercial that fully spoiled uh, the uh, returner of the second EOE challenge in Winners at War. Yes. And I just was watching it. I was like, if someone is watching Survivor for the very first time, they just had one of the greatest seasons spoiled for them. Like that it spoiled the whole oh my god i was i was shocked um, it's literally the last story. episode right like it's literally the finale, the finale. <laughs> like, like okay so this is consumer cellular so whoever works for consumer cellular <gasps> i saw this commercial too and it i i wrote it down in my notes i was so shocked that they would spoil um such a big twist I know. I'm glad that we all can sit here and talk about it because that's really the important stuff that happened on this Survivor episode. I actually have consumer cellular. What? <laughs> yeah. Because it's specifically only for retirees and my dad's 65 and he's like, oh, I have such a great plan. And consumer cellular is like dirt cheap or something. But I didn't even notice that. Oh my God. I mean, I saw the commercial, but it didn't like click that they spoiled who returned. Yeah. That's so funny. And this is like reminiscent of like Australian Survivor or even like older, like mid school Survivor, where you'd see the advertisement all episode. Like I saw Consumer Cellular. I saw that logo so many seconds this episode that I was like, <laughs> okay, time to switch plans. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Uh, oh what gosh. an episode. What Where an, do so, we start? Yeah, well, I was going to get your um, take, Naomi, of the season, because you haven't been on this on this podcast yet. And let's 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 have it. What do you what do you think? Um, so at first, I thought that this first, I think this cast is amazing. I think it's an incredibly uh, smart, fun, delivering new content every episode cast. Um, what I will say is I thought at first that this season was being bogged down by the twists and the you know, all the chaos that Jeff Probst was trying to like Willy Wonka into the first couple episodes. Um, but now that we've gotten to see the cast shine uh, and, and all these advantages in in one way or another, either coming to play in sort of a, in a way that is deflating or not coming into play at all. Um, I'm loving this season. I'm finding it to be a fascinating social experiment. What we always wanted from Survivor to begin with. Um, and that's my hot take is like, if you don't like the season, then you forgot what Survivor is about. Yeah, I felt like, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I felt like this, I felt like this episode specifically was very, very human. Um, I had a feeling when I think it's like when they were at the reward. Oh, wait, I don't know how much are we allowed to jump? <laughs> You can jump. Oh, okay, when were when they were at the reward? Uh, when were they? When were they? Uh, when they were at the reward, and Shan hummed the her villain song, and it was just so close and so intimate. Like I kind of had a feeling that Shan was going to go home, and you can just tell that like the rest of the episode was just kind of like showing like how much she cares for people, and like even though they gave her like a negative edit the past three episodes, like it felt completely social. Like advantages barely came into play except for when they split the vote. And I love that that was Erica's move, but this episode in particular did feel like, like an old episode of Survivor versus like some of the episodes were just like 
what is this show? This is just like Mario Party, you know? But this episode I felt like was a really beautiful, like testament to like a really polarizing character such as Shan, but like, yeah. And like you said before the podcast are, I can't even take it from you, Julia. Like you made such an interesting comment earlier. What was that? Yeah, I mean, even though people have been complaining that like there's so many advantages and twists and all those sort of things, like there have been no idols that have been played, you know, you know, other seasons like in season 20 or, or like in previous season, like, you know, there's like two idols, three idols or seven idols. Also, I just came off of watching Australian Survivor. I think mm. they have like 14 idols played in a season. So after that, I'm just like, oh, my God, like um, it, it does feel it does feel like very even no matter how many twists and turns you throw at people like Survivor is inherently a social game. And I think a lot of times these contestants kind of just like pushed it to the side, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's get, let's get right into it. I want to hear about the aftermath because I saw a lot of controversy in podcasts and Twitter posts in the past week, mostly with the decisions that Shan and Xander made at the last tribal councils when they were split five and five, just regarding their powers that they had. Um, they both had an idol that they could play. Um, they both had an extra vote. They could play Shan played hers. And we start this episode with the aftermath or what is usually the aftermath, which was about 30 seconds they gave us of night 17. But um, what do you guys feel? Um, who made the best moves last week in regards to the aftermath here? We had Ricard very interested in what was going on, but uh, what, what was your feelings and thoughts? Um, here's my hot take. I think Heather and Erica made the best move of the last episode. They, and uh, honestly, Ricard, I'm, here's the thing. I'm fully on the Ricard train. I love Erica and Erica was someone I was rooting for in the pre-merge based on today's episode i've got erica and ricard at like you know two and one but erica and heather having the foresight to say what are the incentives of voting out nasir um and getting those two to use an advantage on it and basically get their way i thought was really impressive uh and like we mentioned about idols I think that a real fear at that point in the game would probably be advantage get in, right? If three idols make it to final six, make it to final seven, it could be you, Gonzo. Um, you don't know what else is in the game either because I think Shipwheel Island has been such a crazy part of it. Uh, Heather and Erica crushed it last episode. Ricard crushed it in getting Shan to come along. Good for them. And it pays off again for those three this episode. So... I am also a Heather and Erica stan, but was it their plan or was it Ricard's plan to get Nasir out? Because I feel like what I was really um, going into this episode, I was like, I, I don't know if you guys have seen for the past week that after, or do you, if you guys followed Eduk, like after Tiffany left, everyone's like, who's going to win after everyone? Who's going to win? So the past week, everyone's kind of been going crazy over Erica but I think everyone was like this is the episode where she has to really show like what her strategy is what her resume is and I feel like last week it definitely felt like it was all it was still all Ricard still completely mm. led by Ricard um so I mean I, I mean I think who won I mean obviously to get Ricard uh obviously for Ricard to get Shan to act against her own self-interest and get out someone who's good for his own game, but not good for Shan's game. I think it came out on top, but I definitely felt like last week, it kind of felt like Heather and Erica were still 
they, they were being presented with a plan versus they came up with a plan themselves. Interesting. I, you know, I, my hot take during it was that Erica and Heather have voted with Shan ever since the merge started. I could, I could not figure out why there was such a disagreement between these two groups of people in the first place. It didn't make sense to me in most survivor games that I watch is when you vote with somebody, usually you don't like you usually are working with them into some capacity mm. and traditionally not targeting them. This new quick, which they call quick survivor, but even in, in LRGs, I don't feel like we see this very often with this very like um, just switching sides so quickly. Um, my take was, I feel like now we know Shan should not have used her power last week. I mean, a lot of people say it was defensive, but she could have kept it. Um, and Xander, I think, should have. I really think he needed mm. Evie this week. I still think he needs Evie. Um, I think he should have used one of his, um, either his extra vote or his idol to save her. And I, I don't know if he's going to be able to get himself out of this, except do like a, uh, like a, a Ben or a Mike, like win until the end, basically, in order to win this season. Um, I, I have a question for the both of you, because I'm fascinated by Xander's position in the game. He is sitting at final eight with an idol in his pocket and an extra vote. And yet not once did we hear a conversation this episode of anybody saying, well, Xander has a lot of powers that we need to get rid of right now. Everybody seems to just be like, well, we'll get to Xander. And I'm wondering if you guys think that Xander just doesn't have any agency in the game. Therefore, nobody's going to vote for him to win, even if he played an idol and an extra vote correctly. Or is it just that, they are really blind. They're they're not noticing that Xander has power. I, I, I'm I'm I want to take it to you folks because I have no idea. I I actually think this cast, because it is so wonderfully diverse, is very, very aware of the meta that like men, especially like, you know, men that look like Xander and have a, a particular archetype, like typically win. And so I think even if he were to um play his idol, play his extra vote correctly, even if he were to get the final three, I actually don't know if they would vote for him to win because I think Tiffany and Evie are really bitter against him for being like, we were your numbers. Like you played this individual game, you got to the end, but um, I actually think he's almost like no longer a threat because they just think that he's not like a, a jury threat. That's that's so true. You know, um, Xander's strategy that he's been talking about, which is kind of new to Survivor, at least I'm focusing on it, which is playing to lose, but playing not to get voted out. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see more of this. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it works I, for for like it's kind of like what Julia is saying, like playing against the archetype and like. I I guess seeming like you can't win because you're always in a bad position, but but in reality he's he's got advantages, he's got powers, he can use them correctly, he can win himself to final four and make a fire and sit there at, in final three and potentially win the game. I don't I don't know though, comprised with this jury, if he can he can still do it. People are going to have to really piss each other off. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's almost like a, like a Devin Pinto type in some ways, too. Like, he's really just um, going with the flow. And that's why I couldn't agree with you more, Kirk, that, like, losing Evie is the mistake. And when you lose Evie, you lose any chance of your ability 
to make moves that aren't other people's ideas first. Yeah, and I think when you say, I, I just thought that was hilarious because in order, I think in order to win, like you need to show that you have, that look, you need to show that you have allies and you need to show that people trusted you and people like um, wanted to work with you and to just be like a lone wolf, I think is something that would have gotten people far the win, like maybe 10 years ago, but now Survivor is very much about the social game. Like, how are you, like, that's why I think Ricard is playing an incredible game. Like, even if maybe some people still say he's sneaky and he's probably not, you know, as maybe like not stereotypically as likable, but um, that sounded weird. But um, <laughs> like he's, I mean, there there is a sense that like not everyone on the tribe like trusts him or liked him the most, especially in the pre-merge. But like, I mean, I think he shined today, but where was I going with Ricard? Um, Ricard is able to, you know, get people together, right? And is able to um, persuade folks. And um, it's, I mean, so it's so, it's just so fascinating. Like, what does the jury respect on your pathway to the end, right? Like, some folks are just like, you had all the odds against you and you're an underdog and this is why you should deserve to win. But I, I, I'm getting the sense that this is not what the jury's looking for. Let's talk a little bit about Ricard. This is this is kind of Ricard's episode, Naomi. I mean, everything went for him. I mean, this is another hot take. I feel like they could have just not even shown the reward challenge, completely skipped it altogether. <laughs> I, they could have, but we have that beautiful moment of like Shannon Ricard. Like, I, I here's my True. here's what I think you were trying to say, Julie, or like what you mentioned. I actually think that what we see in the edit is a lot of Ricard and Shan fighting. And so normally we're inclined to see people fighting and characters fighting and say, oh, they're unlikable or they're they're villains because they are arguing or they're having a disagreement. Whereas Ricard is having very logical arguments with Shan, which we've seen all season. Um, Kirk, were you shocked that they were going to target Ricard? No, not at all. That completely made sense to me. It seemed like, in fact, we were saying here at home that was that was Danny's best move mm -hmm. for Danny to get further in the game. So I think Danny knew his optimal strategy for his position. Um, but unfortunately, Danny was outplayed. <laughs> outplayed and outlasted in the challenge by Ricard. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Ricard is su such a beast. So he's won two immunities. He's won this reward challenge. This is really his episode. I mean, we can get into it. The thing about Ricard, this is another hot take. Does do I, maybe this is just me, but Ricard looks sneaky to me. Like he he like when he just looks at people, and I don't know what it is about it. I wish I could. He's got the wrestling bitch face. It's is, a curse that some of us have, and I think Ricard has it, and it's tough. And he there was. <laughs> There was actually a a Reddit post about this that said the reason why he's constantly side-eyeing people is actually because he's trying to read people's lips. Cause he can't hear he can't hear what folks are saying. And so he really needs to be like really honed in and focused. Um I wish, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously Ricard doesn't see him in the screen, so he could explain why he was staring at people so much. But I that I'm just but I, I think that's I think that's the case because mm -hmm. I mean you can see like when he's you know he's he can be very joyful and um, doesn't always have that resting bitch face so um, <laughs> that's the theory I'm going with. 
we got that wonderful edit last episode where um, it looked like he had superhuman powers, where he was um, reading everybody's lips and reading the room, and it was a, it was it was fascinating. He didn't appear sneaky in that sequence to me. It's it's it is the side eye, Julia, when he does that, like he did that at Tribal Council, and I was like, why? I was like, why now? Ricard. But um, Ricard is the winner this episode. He takes home everything. He just killed it in the first reward challenge. Uh, we get there and it is another let's race from the water onto the land and do a puzzle. We've seen about 10 of those this season. <laughs> and here's another and it's the same. Well, it's not the same star puzzle. I think they painted it differently this time. Um, did anybody else think when they, Jeff was like, it's the best reward of the season? Oh. I was like, oh, their family's coming. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's COVID. Their families can't come. What kind of bullshit is this going to be? I was like, it's not going to be the best reward of the season because the best reward of the season is their family. Like, oh, yes. Not only that, they didn't show them eating the pizza. They didn't show them in the beds. I always love it when they like show them like in their robes, like all sharing the king bed together. And it was just like this really like awkward zoomed in like whispering with like heather and xander right next to them like they didn't even show the reward um and um i mean i think what they did show was like beautiful but like i always just like seeing people enjoy themselves same i was here for it i was literally screaming at the tv there's a clue in the popcorn Amanda. <laughs> and like this is what we get okay they the uh, the shack the, the mansion at Island of the Idols was better than this shack. This shack, <laughs> they pulled this oh, shack right. from in front of the Hollister that closed down in LA. They they put this shack. Oh my God. And then they grabbed cardboard boxes, printed pizza on it, and they ate pizza on the boat. They, they, you, realized... you could, they ripped open like bags of playground sand and just like <laughs> threw it everywhere. Yeah. This was like literally my mom's rib, rib tips at Adventure Coco Pele season five was a better best reward of the season than this best reward of this season. Like, I'm sorry. Everybody knows shitty ass Survivor Pizza is never going to be the best reward, Jeff. I think Jeff watched that. Um, I forget who made the like worst pizzas of Survivor episode is on it, YouTube. Isn't that a Peridium video, I think? I hope so. Let's do a shout out to Peridium anyways. Yeah. Amazing content. But yeah, I think Jeff watched it and this was literally tongue in cheek at all of us at home. It's like best reward of the season, huh? Pizza. And you're not even going to see it. <laughs> well, not only that, there's, so I read Mark Burnett's book about the first season of Survivor because of course I did. And something that everyone talks about is that survivor didn't realize that like the rewards should get better and better because they were just like oh you get a beer but this was like after they had given like the massage reward and they were like a beer like just a beer and so then they were like oh shoot we gotta like up the ante and that to me was absurd to say this is the best reward of the season at final eight it's pizza when like jeff probes has probably seen enough survivor commentary to know that the pizza is not good what if we saw like Jeff like taking a clue and walking through their little thing? Or, like, what if <laughs> I want Jeff like in the background while they're talking to just be like sneaking in the back, like snipe, like swiper from Dora, like trying to put a clue in like someone's like popcorn bucket? <laughs> That's what I want him to do. <laughs> like a little paper airplane clue just goes <laughs> flying by. That's better than dropping it by the fire. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I, I can't. Like the people who run allergies are better at hiding idols than tooth probes. I'll say it. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not done with this with this twist, guys, because it was called they even took a second to show the word sanctuary on a flag. Okay, to me, sanctuary means safety or like a, a home of spirituality, like my church. Like this was no sanctuary. They had to go right back to tribal council. It, like there was no safety here. There was no security. There was no um, security blanket. We didn't even get to see a blanket. Survivor, you really missed missed the ball on this one. In my point, in my view, like my my other thing in terms of like building reward challenges on top of each other was they just had grilled cheese like two rewards ago. <laughs> And also Shan is vegan, so like she can't even, I mean, she can't even eat the pizza. But uh, it's like, at least give them like something that's also not cheese and dairy related and they're just gonna continue to have gastrointestinal issues, you know? So what is your true. guys' favorite reward? Mine is an, what they do in Australian Survivor where they go, hey, well, you just made a giant sweet shop, uh, go ape shit one at a time. That's my favorite reward and I wish they And then they like good. rub, they literally like rub melted chocolate all over their arms yeah. and then they just lick Genius. Genius. That's human that's, ingenuity, too. That's super smart. I have to go with just this season. I'm always a fan of bringing the um, random survivalist to the camp mm. to shake it up and <laughs> cause some cause some excitement and a little chaos. And, and clearly, the dude that came was the best reward of the season, Jeff. This was this was nowhere near the dude. Like they could have had so much more food than your than your crappy pizza. Hmm. Teach a man to fish. <laughs> okay. So where are we? I mean, but I mean, you guys are right. We had the beautiful moment with Shannon Ricard with Heather and Xander awkwardly sitting next to them as she. <laughs> this, this far apart, like, like absurd. Looking right over there. Like, um, is this a final two? Clearly not. <laughs> Also, can we say how diplomatic Julia was was um this decision by Ricard? He had to pick three people. He had to pick half of the cast to come with him. This is what Survivor wants is a very strategic and dramatic moment. What did you think about his decision here? Yeah, I was going to say food politics and reward challenge politics are some of like my favorite politics. Obviously, he had to say Shan first, otherwise she was going to go like that shit. But then his, you know, his reasoning, even though everyone saw through it, was that these are the three people who haven't gone, um, who haven't eaten yet. Um, I actually thought when he chose Han Heather and Xander, he was going to try to like, uh, not not like make a new alliance, but I thought he was going to, I thought there was going to be him talking to mm -hmm. Heather and Xander, but instead it was just all Shan. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like now there are more challenges again. There's so much of a meta, like Danny saw right through it. Like he just wants to get Jerry votes. But if he chose like Liana or or Danny or Deshaun, like then all the people in the bottom would be like, oh, like Ricard's like super tight with the majority alliance. Like maybe we need it. I actually think no matter what, because he won the reward challenge, they would have said back in the beach, <laughs> Ricard needs to yeah. get out, you know? So I don't really know if like, I think he chose... He, he chose wisely to just use, like, these are the people who haven't eaten yet. I'm a big believer in throwing reward challenges. Uh, not not to lose, but don't expend the energy. 
And then uh, in situations like this, it's like, I know Chrissy Hoffbeck is very iconic for saying this. If you have to make those decisions, you are pissing people off. And it is much easier to be the person who is pissed off than the person who is doing the pissing off. I also have to say um, something that surprised me about this episode, and it's why I talk about Xander as somebody who I don't think is a threat to win, is because if you are Xander and you're sitting next to Shannon Ricard, a known duo in the game, and you're watching them converse, shouldn't there be a Xander confessional of him being like, uh, what the hell? But we don't get that. And I don't think that Xander is that dumb of a player to not notice that. I just think that it's not in the edit, which leads me to think that we don't need to really see him as the strategic mastermind. But I was really surprised there wasn't anything from him or Heather. Give Heather a goddamn confessional. Did like, either of them have a confessional this episode? Nope. I don't... Not Heather. I don't think Xander had one either. I don't no, think so. Not at all. This is this is one of my problems, again, with this episode. Like, I have problems with episode 10. And it, it makes me sad because a queen is voted out, probably one of the strongest pre-merge female contenders in maybe the history of Survivor, uh, like, in the top 10 for sure. And it's like, we, like, last episode, there was a lot of, like, I thought a little bit more of the human... Um, factor behind it. In this episode, it was edited in a way that was so, I don't know, like my anxiety level was super high with that music droning in the background. It was like super intense constantly. And I was like, I need to take like a breather. Like this is, this is too much. Like I really wanted more of the other contestants to fill me in on what was really happening at camp. I just needed a few more confessionals from the other side and that would have helped me out. And here's another example of the edit, guys. It's day 19. We come back from a commercial break and they're not on the sanctuary anymore. They're literally back at camp. And like, <laughs> I'm like so confused. I was like, wait, how is Shan talking to Ricard? Is this a dream? Like, how are they in the same place at the same time? We never even saw them leave nor come there. And I feel like this was a little bit hasty in the editing process. I think this leads to your point, Kirk, of like cutting the reward. It's tough because there is this great moment on the reward, but we really spent so much time talking and watching players interact. That was so important that it does sort of say, uh, you know, why did we need to cut away? I do think that it's probably like this weird thing of like, well, the, the Shan Ricard arc is the most important. The second most important is the Danny and Deshaun Shan arc. And then the third most important is the Liana and Shan arc. And it just is like so tough to squeeze it all in. It did feel a little disjointed, um, but I can't wait to hear Shan talk more about it. And I, I assume talk mm -hmm. more when the season is over, because I bet this is the most interesting stretch of the game. I am super curious to hear her exit interview. Like I want to hear if she's like really congratulatory and really happy for everyone, or if she's like, bitter as fuck. I thought her exit interview was pretty classy. You know, she was like, you know, I, I thought I played the best game. Um, I left with an idol out. Like she wasn't angry. Um, she wasn't angry at all. And I'm curious to see if that stays um, when she leaves, like maybe because I think when she's like, Ricard, I love you. Wait, I'm jumping around, but Ricard, I love you. And Deshaun, you think, I think she thinks that Deshaun came up with the plan and struck, but maybe she's going to find out, you know, later in the jury that Ricard actually came up with the plan and be super upset. I'm not sure. But I think that's a kiss of death to Ricard saying that at the end saying I'll vote for you to win is also saying to other people, 
he's got a vote to win. He's not a zero vote contestant finalist. That means he's a threat because there's some people here that might not get a vote at final tribal. So I think it, she did Ricard a disservice at the very do, end. Do you think that was intentional? Like, I was really curious about that. I was just going to say, Karishma just tweeted, you know, do you think that was love or a target? And if I'm Ricard, I would be like, Shan, shut up. If I'm Shan, maybe you want to put a target on Ricard, but maybe you want to see him win. I, I who is to say? Because we know Shan has so many conflicted emotions. Um, I, I, I just don't even know where this could be coming from Shan. I think I think that'll be a question that we'll hear from her tomorrow and hopefully she clarifies. Maybe she doesn't, she just leaves us in the dark and wants to see where the votes fall at final tribal council. This is wild to think that Shan went home, but it started with um, Ricard starting to be the target when um, they split into the four and we have the Danny, Deshaun, Liana and Erica group. And you know, it. Ricard did a good job of splitting up diplomatically the groups who had won rewards, who had not won rewards. But this particular group really take it upon themselves to start thinking of options. And my favorite interaction is Danny. Uh, Danny is Danny actually might be the baby with the machine gun because he threw out so many names this episode. He what he was against Ricard. He was against Erica. He was against Shan. Like who isn't Danny against at this point? <laughs> But my favorite part is when Danny and Deshaun approach Liana and they're like, you know, somebody's getting power. And she goes, uh-huh, Shan. And they're like, no. And she's like, uh-huh, Erica. They're like, no. And she's like, uh-huh, Ricard. <laughs> it really reminded me of um, the, the same scene when Deshaun went, came up to Sydney and was like, you know who's throwing out your name? And she goes through every single person. And she's like, Erica? And then and then same thing with Liana. And I was like, Ricard? And also the preview of like uh, Liana like bawling over saying Ricard's name. I think everyone was really confused and like, oh my god, didn't realize Liana and Ricard were so close. But I think uh, how it actually played out, it gave a lot more context on like how close Liana and Shan was, and she didn't want to lie to Shan about what was happening. Well, um, I think what is super interesting is um, because the conversation between. Uh, Shan and Deshaun happens before the challenge, right? When they're still talking about voting at Ricard. This was my favorite conversation in the whole episode. Um, and uh, I just want to say that, like, um, Dalton Ross tweeted something great, which is a clip of Sean and Vesepia from Marquesas talking about basically the same sort of concept. And it's so important to see that on Survivor, and I'm glad that Survivor is open to including it. It was such a discussion with Big Brother this season, and I think it's so important to add into the episode. And so, you know, Jeff Probst is going to have his, like, grandpa trying to be woke moments, but this is very important to have the episode, and I'm glad it's there. Yeah. I also think that, like, this is where Survivor inherently is just going to make players be self-interested like a cookout is always going to be successful in big brother because ma majority alliances they should just need to go to the end but survivor like forces people to constantly look out for themselves um and so i'm glad they included that but then um but like i i really love when uh, deshaun was like this is the duality of the game this is the moral struggle you know and again comes back to like old days of survivor when like contestants were constantly for faced with like moral dilemmas 
I love the Deshaun moment. I thought that was beautiful and really, really kind of, if you look at the edge, it seemed like a, like a winner's moment to me. But I'm still hoping and praying that we get a female winner. And with Shan gone, I think our only hope <laughs> is our girl Erica at this point. I don't know if Heather could pull it off at the, in the end. I, I don't know, though, because she's been so under-edited. We just don't know anything about her. The person I feel the most bad for this season is Liana because I feel like Liana is constantly getting her agency stripped from her by the other people that she's working with. We see it next episode that she's like rightfully pissed off in the preview. And I, I feel a lot of empathy for her because she's she has this raw friendship and emotion with this person and that gets taken away from her. She has a lot of empathy and care for Danny and Deshaun and they betray her and then she lost Evie and Tiffany and she's only got Xander there and she hates Xander's freaking face. So I feel very bad for Liana. Liana's just watching her options diminish and diminish. And if I was her and I was a fan out there, I'd be pissed at the way my game was going if I'm Liana. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you in the sense of like feeling a lot of empathy for her game. I also think that you know, like it, it, when they always talk about when's the right moment to flip. And I think Liana, instead of being like Yasi, fuck you guys. Sorry for um, <laughs> like, like, like Yasi, fuck you guys. I'm just going to move with this other alliance. I totally think she should have tried to have both alliances. Yep. And so I almost yep. think a lot of things with Liana, it's, I don't want to say totally, like she did bring this upon her, like maybe it was brought upon herself. Like same thing with like, like knowledge is power like the reason why I even got out was because she told the truth of what this advantage was so um i mean maybe i mean a lot of people have been saying this but maybe it's just because you know um like you know liana's young and like um like making these sort of um mistakes i mean there's just moves that that she can't put on her resume that she tried to do right like she she tried to steal xander's idol then she tried to ask for xander's idol then she just hated xander's face i mean there's just <laughs> not a lot of greatness on liana's resume at this point and here's the other thing too because i think shan was you know some people play really strategic games some people play very social games and some people play very emotional games too and it's 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 sometimes you can't even say it's a game it's literally just their personality yeah. i i mean i'm thinking of somebody naomi from live to give that i could i could literally say their name and you would be like oh i know exactly who you're talking about it's just part of how they roll they're emotional with people it doesn't matter if it's a positive or a negative but you you kind of go with the flow with their emotions and we see this with shan all the time throughout the season and i feel like the moment with Liana was a very real, beautiful thing, and we all got to experience it. And it's very sad it didn't get to play out. But Liana and Shan almost turned this sisterhood and this emotional thing they developed into like a hole. They just could not get out of it. They were so like um, like cloistered, the two of them together, that I feel like there should have been a way out for Shan to know to use the idol this this round and that information they somehow it was closed out to them but i feel like it was also their gameplay that closed themselves out to others so the moment that i'm thinking of is when erica and shan and final tribal counselor like you know we've worked together before and erica literally says like shan and i did not talk today but i hope we continue to have a good relationship and i feel like that should have like 
put a light bulb in Shan's head. I was like, wait, who are they going to vote for? You know, and Shan is so paranoid that I, I felt like I thought that was almost like a giveaway. Um, uh, but I guess she just thought that Erica didn't have the numbers. Well, and the other thing I think is Kirk, you bring up a great point. I think that the problem for Shan and Liana this episode was think about it. They come to each other uh, and they say, oh, Liana reveals the information that um, they, the two boys are going to try and vote for Shan. They're throwing out Shan's name and they have a really big heart to heart about it. Um, oh no, wait, they, sorry, that they're going to vote out Ricard, right? That big heart to heart about it. She goes and tells Ricard and then it all kind of comes out that Shan uh, is being betrayed and all this stuff. And Shan says like, it's their game. They got to do what they got to do. And Shan moves past it. She doesn't take it personally. But then when Shan tries to do the same thing to Deshaun, Deshaun takes it personally. And look who got their way in the end. And I think this is a big lesson to take from Survivor, which is you still need to act self-interestedly if you want to make it further. And Shan has something that I think a lot of people struggle with, and as we know, a lot of women struggle with in particular, which is trying to have empathy for people and not take things so personally and be very sort of gregarious and say, you know what, I get why someone would be trying to vote for my number two. That's what they're trying to do. But Shan, in reality, maybe needs it to be like, don't you fucking try and vote out Ricard. I'll flip it on you. And it's fascinating to see it play out where Shan being nicer uh ends up going home because she can't find the agency to be more vicious. It's kind of the same thing that happens in a way with Tiffany uh, on Big Brother 23. And I do wonder if people are going to draw parallels to both of their games. We'll see depending on how the outcome of 41 is, but I think it could, there's something to be said about laying down on your sword to have empathy for other people. And then you getting voted out because of it. I think the one of the red flags I guess we should have seen in the preseason is when Deshaun in his bio was like, I don't like people telling me what to do. It's like, oh boy, Survivor is a bunch of people telling you what to do and you just have to say yes to them, you know? And I definitely think the argument of, I actually thought the title Baby with a Machine Gun was actually going to be a reference to Deshaun because Shan called Deshaun a baby. But um, like, I think the argument between Deshaun and Shan, like, I think they're both justified, right? On the one hand, people are going to say that, like, you know, Deshaun is just being a little bit, you know, having that male entitlement. On the other is, like, people are going to say, but maybe Shan is a little too controlling and needs to, like, watch out. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll pause there. <laughs> you know, I, th I, I want to talk about a few other things, but part of me really thinks that some of the meta that was happening in this episode, the meta strategy that we did not see is that the former blue tribe wants to not, they want to have four people while there's seven people in the game. And I think Danny and Deshaun primarily, well, I, I don't know if it's just them. I want to give Erica some credit and some agency. I think there is something still between these, these four. And so earlier when Naomi was kind of talking about like, or, or both of you were talking about, you want to be in this position, but kind of between two alliances and where Shan was kind of like knocking out another side constantly. I wonder if we're going to see these players that can, that can kind of, Put themselves in the middle this season are going to be the ones that end up going the furthest and winning this season um 
I know. I so, forgot where we were in the episode, so I want to go where you want to go, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't talked about the challenge yet. The challenge is the famous one you've seen a million times. It's balance ball on a on a platform, and we add a stick to the platform, and now we're going to balance on a incline uh, balance beam. So we just keep making this challenge harder and harder, and it's it's still the same challenge. Balance the ball. You know, there were some interesting strategies this episode. We saw Xander blow on his ball. That was new. Haven't seen that yet. I don't. Do, do you like make it sticky? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I. It was weird. Like, what? does it make it slip more slippery or less slippery to sort of add another texture to it? To add spittle or spit to it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably more slippery. Uh, Survivor needs to pay. You know how like they talk about how Survivor needs to provide mental health aftercare after seasons. They should be providing like. 10 months worth of foot massages for all these <laughs> How fucked up like and we know that like Ian and Tom had like foot nerve damage from like the final challenge in, in Palau like these people just like going like this all day on their little toes like their feet are going to be effed up and Survivor needs to atone for that see that would have been a great reward Somebody at the sanctuary, they walk in, there's like the little pool of water, warm, bubbling water. They, they, they massage your feet, get a pedicure, no leftover pizza. Don't fuck the pizza. We don't care. That would have been, that would have been great. But this was for immunity. There was not, no longer two immunities. There was one. One of my favorite Shan quotes is Jeff literally throws the immunity necklace on the ground and Shan goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally could make that a meme. It was so freaking funny. I was like, I love this girl. Um, and there, well, we also, also, I was going to say, Erica calls them her and Xander's friendship necklaces, which I loved. <laughs> Erica's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's like Paul's friendship bracelets in uh, a Big Brother. It's like I just need eight of them, <laughs> one for everybody. Bring Oprah out to the island; mm. everyone will be safe. Um, there, we had our game within the game. Now, every um, every week, I've been kind of joke making fun of this um, as we try to figure out during the episode. Did either of you figure out the Rebus puzzle presented during the challenge? Oh, I missed it. I, I have. I feel like I've missed the game within a game for like the past three episodes. The last one I remember is like Natalie give me my jacket and all the other ones I have not seen them. Yeah, they're so hard to see and for some reason oh Dustin got it. So there was a there were three images. There was somebody's back. There was a like a bucket or a pail maybe filled with water and then there were four crabs. <laughs> and I I don't got, I don't, I didn't get it. I don't have it. So if anyone in the comments, a buck, a, a back, a bucket and four crabs. I swear four to God, this crabs. is it. I feel like I have to look up this episode now. Like back pail, back pail. That, that's not a thing. A back pail. Back. Back bucket. I wish I had the picture. I wish I could not pop it up stab. right now. Back, back crab. I don't know. <laughs> Dustin, do you want to share the answer? Yeah. Yes. Tell, tell what are we going for, Dustin? Uh, 
I can't believe I'm that dumb that like, and Jeff Probst wants children to do this. I can't believe it. I know. I actually had one of my, um, I was, <laughs> I was at school looking at one of the websites and looking at the puzzle and a student was like, that looks fun, Mr. Carlson. And I had her go to it and she was solving them all. I was like, oh, you should apply for Survivor in four years. Back up. Not a pale tri cup. Back up. For crabs? Back up for crabs? Back up. Oh, back up for grabs. That's horrible. Back up for grabs. Defensively horrible. Oh, Naomi wins immunity. Naomi is not going to be voted out of this podcast this evening, <laughs> friends. And you're in a very special position because back you get to choose who you take to the final two. Oh, oh no. This is no. like. No, she's bringing you, Julia. I know. I know she wants me out because she's gonna deal with me next summer at Live to Give. So one of, she's one like... of my favorite Julia moments. We played an org together, and I was in the I was in the final. Not to humble brag, but I was in the final two. And Julia was like, so "No, did you know I was going home?" And I was like, "Literally, no. You were the only person I didn't vote out. Like, I had no idea." <laughs> it was really funny. And then she got my vote, and then she won. So you didn't I humble brag. Really oh. I had no idea Julia was going home, and I was like, Julia, why did we vote her out? <laughs> Shout out to the monarch. Hey, it's um, a win. No, so I have to say that I love this type of endurance challenge where you're not in a wonky position, but you're just really focused because I actually do think that these challenges um, are conducive to anybody winning like you know like holding your hand above your head like the ones where maybe you have to support your own body weight or sort of height might play an advantage in i'm not a huge fan of because i think there is just too much variance in, in the way people's bodies are built but this i think is good just hold it keep it steady keep yourself steady and you can do fine so i have a question about this because you know we've all played lrgs we've all seen some form of this challenge um, actually, there was a the last episode of the penthouse. Uh, the challenge was like paper plates with like ping pong balls. So we've all seen that. How does one like? Is there like a hack to this? Like, how does one win? Or are you just like trying to focus as much as you can? I think Shan had the first part, which is you want to be as close to the top as possible of each okay. section. The other is just not letting it go crazy like your instinct is to counterbalance something really sharply you know it's like driving like if you feel like you're swerving you want to swerve really hard the other way but instead you sort of want to like keep yourself on the road i don't know i i assume there's a peridium video about this <laughs> there's probably you know the old school version was a flat like a waiter style where you would put a ball on and then the twist was you would add another ball into it and there was kind of a hack once you'd have two balls in play is that some players would like to try to spin the balls um on each other in the middle like try to create them this like little rotation where they're just kind of like moving together like and that that could sometimes work for some players. You'd see a lot of movement, but they the balls wouldn't fall off. This one's very different. I've actually never played it with with where you hold it like this. I know you got you guys do it in New York, right? Um, we did a lot of like you have to hold out your arm like this. I think. Okay. Um, we also have the push and pull one where you're like pulling on the the thing in the tension. I know that that one has a hack for sure, um, which is that you push inwards rather than pull outwards. 
Um, but other than that, I, I think this so, one anybody is, who applies to Survivor New York, there you go. You just won the game. You should practice <laughs> this challenge for sure. Or things like this, if you're going to play an LRG, absolutely. Oh. But it, it's for me, I've never been good just because I'm kind of like my, I don't have a steady hand. Hmm. So, oh. so this is why you don't vote me out. I won't, I won't win immunity. <laughs> this, um, this challenge is about upper arm strength more than you think. Cause I did one in Buffalo where we were holding out cups like this. I was like, I got this. I'm going to push through the pain. I'm going to be so tough. And then I was out first one because I was like, this sucks. I'm out. Like, and it, it just like, it is really about like the muscles that you have right here. So I guess do push ups before you go play. Yeah, survivor. that's true. Like your shoulder. Absolutely. Traps, you know, I, I have another hot take, and this is for future LRG and Survivor players. So um, we see Liana fall out of this challenge pretty fast, but this is not that my hot take is when she drops, she walks out in front of all of the other players who are concentrating very hard. Later on, we see Deshaun politely walk behind all of the other players. I have screamed. I've literally yelled at production at different LRGs as a player and been like, quit distracting me. You know, like, like you're like, cause any little thing can get you out of the moment. As we saw Jeff Probst talking to Shan was enough for her ball to go flying off. In fact, I think Probst, <laughs> unfortunately, um, was the was part of the fault for that because anything anything can take you out of that moment you just want to focus in on those endurance challenges and i i feel like players should walk my hot take is walk behind don't walk in front it's rude and you're and i'm not voting for you in the final tribal council if you do that here's <laughs> do we think ricard has an advantage because he can't hear out of one ear very well so he doesn't have to hear half of jeff pro's bullshit. <laughs> I good for him because I agree. I would be very distracted by Jeff Probst as I was on Survivor. I would want to. I'm a person where, like, if someone's talking, I'm like, let me listen in. I'll be on the subway and I'll be like, those people are talking. Let me eavesdrop. Like, yeah. I, I could, I can't help it. So I feel like it would be a terrible thing to do. I I noticed that as well because at tribal they always sit him on. On, on the right so he could hear all the contestants, but maybe, and he was sitting on the right um, during the immunity challenge, but maybe he needs to raise his hand um, and say, hey, Jeff, can you sit me on the left? So I just can't hear you. <laughs> if I'm immune, I'm safe. Just, just, I don't want to hear anything. Exactly. <laughs> what a good strategy. I love it. <laughs> Just like block off all of it. So um, this pretty much gets us to um, the conversation post this challenge. Ricard is immune and he is no longer an option for Danny and Deshaun um, or anybody else that wanted to be in on this. And so this is when it switches to Shan. And I almost thought they that it wasn't going to be Shan because they mm -hmm. showed us so much. I wanted to know more of the other, other side of what was happening. Um, I thought it could be Deshaun, based exactly for what you said. It was Shan, and then I was like, "Well, it can't be Shan the whole episode. Maybe it'll pivot to Deshaun for targeting Ricard for you know targeting Shan, and we're going to see Deshaun go here. Deshaun's been catching a lot of heat lately." And then I thought to myself, and I'm shocked, shocked. I don't know how you guys feel that this hasn't come up, but Danny is so clearly throwing challenges to not be a physical threat. I would be trying to vote him out so badly at this point in time. I would be like, look at his stature, look at his physicality. 
because you can look at Xander and or in Ricard and say, oh, you're probably nervous that the other one is going to, you know, Danny goes and maybe you go, but you still have Deshaun there. Um, you know, you still have like even people who are tough, like Liana, I actually think is not terrible physically. Um, like you can afford to vote out Danny and still not be the biggest threat in the room. I'm shocked that Danny hasn't been sort of really targeted at this point in time. I'm shocked. Good for him. Good for him. Um, I, I think it's hard to tell because I think a bunch of people have been like, oh my God, Danny is a genius for throwing all these challenges. And I think some, I think someone tweeted that and he just like cried emoji, like laughing cry emoji, like implying that he has been. But at the same time, I also think the challenges just aren't suited for his body. Like the reason why Ricard does so well, also I think Ricard is also a dancer is because he has the balance, like the slim mm. physicality versus like someone like Danny is just never going to do well in a balance challenge when it's about trying to make yourself as small as possible. So, uh, I mean, I, I think that's, he's, he's trying to go into the mentality, but it's almost like he can't win those challenges anyway. Like he's probably throwing it, but he couldn't win. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I have to take it back. I was making fun of Ricard earlier in the preseason calling himself muscular. And I was like, Ricard's not muscular, but no, I was wrong. This, this, <laughs> this dancer, he's got it going on. He knows what he's doing with his body. You know, the plan changes here. And I felt like as I was watching this, there was multiple ways for this plan to go wrong. And that's what I thought they were showing us. Mm. In fact, for, for one example, in uh, the last season of South Africa, we saw Santini get voted out because she took a plan to vote out a player and then switched it to a let's split the vote plan. And that pissed the, the male off that came up with the plan because it was his great idea. Why should we do a better idea that's foolproof? And so then they ended up voting Santini out. Instead, the idol queen and goddess of all survivors South Africa, Santini. And so... Okay, so I felt like, oh my God, this is happening right now. Like Erica is going to get voted out because she is convinced this is the plan. And for some reason, Danny's not going to buy it. Danny's not going to go with it. He's He wants to put all the votes on one person. And I was really scared that that was going to be it for Erica. We saw a lot of people freaking out throughout the episode at the end there. A lot of things changing. But in the end, this was a really good plan. They played it off really well. Like you said, Julia, there was even key, like clues and cues that Shan maybe should have played her idol had she really been listening um, to what everybody was saying directly. What the hell was that Danny comment at Tribal? When oh, Danny I wrote it like down. Please read it again because I was baffled that he would say that out loud. I, it was just that it was like the last part I wrote that it was like that could be wrong. I'll just say that. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the people who you think are working together are working together or something like that. Were like, yeah. if you're Shan, you should be like, uh, what the fuck? Excuse me. Um, and I know tribal is really long, but like I cannot excuse Daddy for saying that. I was like, dude, shut up! Like, don't say that out loud. I at that last part, I was like, that could be D Danny's generic quote for every tribal council. <laughs> you could just say the same damn thing. That could be wrong, Jeff. Mm. So Re do you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, even Ricard um, kind of cued Shan in, in a way, in his like duplicitous nature and how he was talking and looking for options. I thought, I thought, oh my God, Shan's got to know that she is a target right now. 
Do you guys think like I we talked? Do you guys think that like Shan was the right move for them at this moment? Because and and I also agree. Like I totally thought it was going to be Deshaun, especially when Ricard was like Deshaun keeps lying to me. But Deshaun can get out tomorrow. I want Shan out today. Like I like Shan didn't even. Shan just told Ricard about that. Like I, I just think that this, even though it's like a great plan for like Ricard and Deshaun and Danny, I think first of all Erica benefited the most. But I actually think it's just gonna continue to make them big targets. So I don't quite understand why they decided to flip so early. One hundred percent on the same boat as you right now, Julia, because I don't understand it either for Ricard. Like I said earlier, like Danny and Deshaun totally makes sense. Heather, Erica totally makes sense. They're the only four for me that it totally makes sense. And it makes more sense, surprisingly, for Danny and Deshaun than Erica and Heather, just just from the optics. But it makes no sense for Ricard. I mean, what what more does he have more agency in the game he doesn't have an idol that could be potentially played on him anymore which he yeah. just had and now he has his shield is gone his, literally the person who was more irritating than him <laughs> is gone like, I oh i really think that one if ricard had not won immunity shan would have really toyed with giving him his idol and i think he could have gotten it from her if he like really tugged at some heartstrings two it's a terrible move for Xander because, again, Xander's the only one now in the game with an idol. The only one. And he's not in this majority alliance of four. And you can look at it and say, well, you're taking out the alliance of four. But isn't it better to take out somebody who you have zero connections with? Because I would argue that Xander and um, Ricard have zero connections with Deshaun or Danny than taking out somebody like Shan because... I do think in a way you could say to sh you could lie to Shan and say, hey, vote for Heather and then, you know, or vote for Erica. And then you pull the move and you do the fast one on them. I, I just was really baffled by Ricard making this choice, which is kind of why I think that Heather and Erica are really coming out like. You know the sun, the sky is <laughs> the sky is shining. The tank is clean. Like because for them, they got out of last week. Nasir's gone. They got out of this week. Shan's gone, and Ricard is probably going to be target number one. And I think they're both in a great spot. I don't think necessarily Hazard has the agency to win the game, but Erica certainly does. Erica smashed the shit out of that hourglass, and she has not been stopping. <laughs> And she would be our first Canadian winner of Survivor. Don't you know? <laughs> uh, I had I had teased at the beginning of like why I think like Erica was gonna win if I can ponder on that. But on I think first of all the title of this episode was Baby with Machine Gun, so that is her. Um, and then at the the merge episode was called like the lion or the lamb becoming a lion. That's also her. And I think there's a lot of, um, or I was talking to Ed who is in the chat right now. There's a lot of like animal themes, like last season, season 40, like it was Tony, like lions versus hyena. And this season it's like lamb becoming a lion. Um, and um, uh, like Deshaun was saying like, who's who in the zoo? There's a lot of animal themes in Survivor in general, um, but yeah, I, I think, like, it, it's so weird, like, in Survivor, 
or like how Sydney says, like if you're you you can't be the best, right? You have to be the second best, you have to be the third best or fourth. I think Erica is just in the perfect position where she's just like clearly like the fourth threat. And so if she's able to get like Ricard, Danny, and Deshaun out, um, bring Heather with her to the end, all the meta of like, you know, a woman needs to win. Um, like I definitely think like I think Erica I think I think this episode definitely has like fully convinced me that Erica's gonna win the season. Interesting. I'll say this. This is my hot take. Um, we don't need a woman to win this season to have like feminist success. We just need somebody who is not a cis white male to win this season is my hot take. Um, and I think that we saw it with the cookout as well. Like Tiffany was our favorite, right? But you can still find lots of joy in Xander being the first African-American winner of Big Brother, right? And I, I know that we love Shan very deeply, but we've also seen the flaws in Shan's game and why Shan goes home. I also think that look at the way that like Erica and Erica has first of all masterminded the three, three split, um, which goes perfectly. And Erica, uh, you know, I'm shocked that Erica was able to basically F over right? Danny and Deshaun and Ricard and Sydney, right? Like F over all these people. And yet she is not being scolded whatsoever or like there's no blowback from, I think a huge decision, like an enormous decision. So Erica, kudos to you. It will be really cool if Erica wins the season. But I also think that like if Deshaun, the way he's playing, Ricard, the way he's playing, those are not shabby winners by any means. Oh, Xavier. I said Xander. Fuck. <laughs> the X is, yeah. And you know what's funny is because my little brother like changed his name to Xander. So I just, whenever I think of an X name, it's the only one I can think of. Um, that's also very funny to be like, Xander, the first African-American winner of Big Brother. Um, you know, whoopsies. I had one hard seltzer while I was watching Survivor, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and that's Edsel. Oh, I love Edsel so much. One of our other Bannerman Island cast members. Um, so oh, awesome. glad to have Edsel here. How cool. You know, I still feel like Shan, Ricard, Xander, and Liana, as much as they could not work as a group, I think they had a vested self-interest in taking out one of the uh, former Blue members. How, however it needed to happen so that the numbers moving forward were 322 and i know the numbers are actually different than that but those original numbers still matter with all of the new duos and trios and quartets that have formed from shipwreck island from the summits from now merge it's very messy but those original groups you still have to take that into consideration and there's four of them and i could easily see um two of those four or, or even three of those four taking it all the way. I think it's really smart to think Erica and Heather are really aware of where they are in the game. Who do you think if, if Erica and Heather are a duo and they are locked to get to the end and they do get to the end, who do they need to bring to the end with them for a final three? Liana. Oof. Yeah. Oof. But an all-woman final three again? That would rule. That's the thing. I'd hate to see Liana, and I'd hate to see another survivor mom get zero votes. But yeah, that... Ugh. 
Ugh. Oh, do you think that if it's Erica, Heather, and Liana, Erica gets unanimous? No, but I think that Heather will get zero votes. Oh, okay. Oh, you and said Survivor Mom. Oh, I heard a, I heard Nom for some reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but who who doesn't want a woman to win unanimously? That'd be fun. It'd be awesome. Oh, I, I would love it. Absolutely. So, you know, we have the brilliant votes, the 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 three three split, the great reactions. Uh, my my favorite reaction though is actually Jeff Probst before they go to vote, and he says, "Great answers tonight." <laughs> so fake. <laughs> He's like, uh, after twenty years, I'm still learning from you guys. Like, what? It was a. It was learning what? <laughs> what are you learning? How to like play the game? How to like lie to people? Backwards. It's like the teacher who's sitting backwards on the chair and is like, "You guys teach me something new every year." And that's why it, this test is going to be open notebook. And you're like, man, you're not cool. Like, leave us alone. Kurt, do you tell it to your students? I was just thinking, like, <laughs> this picture means so much to me, Julia. I'm going to keep it up on my wall forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. No, seriously. Yeah, I've I've been there. So I guess I sympathize with you. <laughs> Great answers, class. Great answers. Great answers. Keep, at least, at least Jeff Probst gets answers. Mm -mm. Oh, hot take. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. Uh, what's what's coming up, Naomi, for uh, Survivor New York? Well, great question. Um, you have heard about this. Survivor New York is doing Big Brother New York. I realized that I had not posted in the Live Reality Games Facebook group until today, so I did that. Um, we are hosting a indoor, fully vaccinated season of Big Brother in upstate New York. If you are interested, go to tinyurl.com slash bbnycasting, and we are on Instagram at bb underscore New York, and you should follow at Survivor New York because Chris is working his little heart out on season five. It features um, some LRG icons, some amazing uh, newbies like Julia, who really just put the pedal to the metal. And I have to say, uh, Kirk, I I'm sure you talked about it a little bit. This season of Survivor feels a lot like an LRG to me in that people are playing. And let me tell you, Survivor New York season five, people are playing. So you will not want to miss that when it comes out. Uh, Julia, and I'm super stoked to be able to watch you soon. And is there a way that fans can follow you? Sure. Um, my Twitter handle is pantsjuju. That is the main way um, to follow me. But a quick update. Um, I think right now we're in the middle of Penthouse Season 4. All the episodes are going to come out on January 2nd. Um, and there is a new uh, Twitter hand, uh, Twitter handle. I think it's Penthouse S4. Um, so yeah, uh, the first few episodes have already come out, and then you guys can all binge it in January. And then I can't wait for Survivor New York uh, to come out sometime in the spring of next year. Ah, uh, gonna be crazy. Uh, the Penthouse is so much fun. Um, Julia and Robin from season five of Survivor New York is also on that season uh, I, I love the penthouse team shout out to them because they make such a fun product it almost like feels like an advertisement for the house that they're in and i want to live in that house you know like it just looks so cool i'm like i'll live in the basement i don't mind i think um, for season three they that's how they got the airbnb they were like if you want to live at this airbnb here's the airbnb link 
there you go. Hit hit us up for the Airbnb. That's so funny. I love uh, it. Kirk, thank you for having us, and thank you for always being such a fan of Survivor New York. I'm sorry I couldn't get Emily Paddock for you. Oh, it's 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 okay. Um, I've I've been in touch with Emily. She was supposed to do our uh, thing that didn't go through last weekend. So so I'm in touch with her. So that's all that matters. I, I I love a queen. But before I go, I do need to do a shout out for Lance the King, who now has four people in his draft left Damn. from our preseason and episode one. Jillian Larson, our survivor, actual survivor, survivor, is left with only Heather. Jillian, you're going to lose. And, <laughs> and I have Liana and Deshaun. I think I have a... Uh, barely a shot with Deshaun if he gets to the end. Mm. Maybe Liana if she's sitting against, uh, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Let's all just hold hands and manifest a final three of all women. We literally yeah. heard Shan yeah. say it in the episode that, that women are unlikely to beat men in finals. And she's fucking right. I've done the math. I let's man let's all hold hands and manifest. Let's, that's, that's the result I want. Yes. Let's 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 change this uh, this trajectory that Survivor has been going in for a long time. Let's let's make a new Survivor reality, a new future. Um, and speaking of futures, um, uh, next next Wednesday in the future, I will see you again for episode eleven. I don't know what the episode title is this upcoming episode, and I do oh, it's called Do or Die. Do or Die. And I admit, thank you, Julia. Do you want to be my co-host? Oh, do you think gonna... Okay, here's my prediction. I think someone's going to throw a shot in the dark. Oh, finally. <laughs> again again like someone's they, gonna use that advantage all, that was finally brought up once all of these people have had a twist to save themselves and only one used it <laughs> <laughs> and incorrectly possibly in theory i love survivor 41 oh gosh the season where you should not use it or touch an advantage <laughs> it will fuck you up that's it for, for reality games we'll see you next time